Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glenna. And I'm Ashley. Before we get into it, we just wanted to say briefly that Brian Hurd passed away, I think it was last week. He uh, was one of the stars of Murder in the Electric Cathedral. He played Harvey McKittrick in that episode and is probably best known for his role on Seinfeld as George Costanza's boss. He was also in loads of stuff. Uh, I think he was in V, um, the miniseries from the 80s. He was in, more recently, I think he was in an episode of Rizzoli and Isles as well. <laughs> but yeah. The big time. <laughs> so he, he was in loads of stuff. Um, and I think he was in one of the more famous projects he was in was the China syndrome, but we just wanted to mention it uh, uh, because he had passed and we were sorry to hear of it. So this episode tonight was one good bid deserves a murder, which is season two, episode 17 and it aired originally on the 23rd of February, 1986. I now am mentioning the writers because it is sort of interesting. What this was written by Jay Miyoko Hensley and Stephen Hensley um, they've written three Murder, She Wrote episodes, and one of which was Dead Heat. Um, and the other one is from season one called Death Casts a Spell, which for those who watch Murder, She Wrote, is the one where uh, Cagliostro, the hypnotist, is murdered in the hotel room, if anybody remembers that one. Anyways. Yep. yep. I think this yep. has a lot of similarities to Dead Heat in some ways, actually. Um, so I'll try to provide as brief a synopsis as possible. So Jessica gets wrangled into bidding on a diary of a famous actress called Evangeline because her friend Richard Bennett, played by Edward Mulhare, was, I guess, the ex-boyfriend of Evangeline and her friend and wants the diary gotten rid of because it reveals all of her secrets. So Jessica travels to Boston where she meets William Radford, who runs Radford Auction Houses, played by Herd Hatfield. And she goes to bid on the diary. There's a bunch of other characters involved who also want the diary, including Evangeline's uh, psychologist or psychiatrist, Dr. Sylvia Dunn, played by Karen Black. Her, I think he's a producer, Sal Domino, played by Vic Tabak. And another producer called Sheila Saxon, played by Nancy Lee Gran as well as a lawyer called Robert Ryan, played by Cotter Smith, who's representing a senator that Evangeline was sleeping with. Jessica goes to bid on the diary, and in the auction house, the dead body of Richard Bennett comes out of an armoire, so he's been now murdered, um, and eventually William Radford is also murdered. And so Jessica teams up with Harry McGraw, who she runs into, who's played by Jerry Orbach, to try to figure out who's killing these men and who's trying to get a hold of the diary. So there's lots of back and forth about wanting the diary and copies and blah, blah, blah. And basically, it turns out it was a guy called Albert Cromwell, played by Robert Gray, who worked in the auction house. He was Evangeline's ex-boyfriend, and he was sort of stalking her. And it turns out he murdered the guys to try to get the diary back, but he also killed Evangeline as well because she was addicted to drugs and he thought he was, I guess, setting her free. Um, also to mention the cop in this episode is called Lieutenant Casey. He's played by Ray, Ray Girardine. 
And Sal Domino has a secretary called Deborah Chase, who's played by Rebecca Street. So yeah, so that's the episode. It's kind of a weird one, but yeah, so why don't we get into it? Um, we see Jessica entering the fun world of auctioneers, but we mm. don't spend a lot of time there because Harry McGraw comes in and steals the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I love Harry McGraw. I think he's great. It's Jerry Orbach and he's like the bad boy PI, but this episode is, is a bummer. It is. It is yeah, a bummer. It's a real bummer. No, I mean, it's basically three murders by a stalker of this poor actress. Yeah. So it's, but I love Harry McGraw. Everything he does is really entertaining. And I'm going to just light it up early and say that he's, I think, the hunk of the episode. I had written down, like, guy in auction house who ended up being killers who's not <laughs> but I had I had I had a backup which was I mean he was only there for like two seconds but the doctor that was seeing Harry McGraw yeah. was a total smoke show wait I he missed was, like, okay <laughs> he was like the nurse that was doing the cast they call him like in credits on IMDb he's referred to as young doctor okay I see who you're talking about <laughs> And he, he was makes like, fun oh, of his the nose. nose is looking so much better. I was like, wait, are they in love? <laughs> <laughs> I know he touches his face. Quite sexual. <laughs> I sort of thought it might have been, obviously I love Jerry Orbach and I'm not trying to, I thought it was a hunk-free episode. You are such a monster. <laughs> <laughs> if you're allowed to add that guy from Lady in the Lake, you cannot <laughs> declare this a hunk for yeah. I mean, those shorts really got her. <laughs> I feel like that's slightly sacrilegious. Yeah. You're right. I mean, you know, I've got, I've got no issue with Jerry Orbach. I think he's great. I think I he's great not. in these. <laughs> but it's like, you know, he's, he's maybe not my biggest hunk. Did he wrong you at some point, Savannah? Look <laughs> <laughs> what happened. Yeah, what's going on there? Can we dig deeper on that? <laughs> yeah, very, this. He's very charming. I mean, he makes what is quite a dour episode into something that's, like, vaguely watchable, yeah, which is... And considering it's written by the duo that brought us Dead Heat, which is, <laughs> let's be honest, coming in a yeah. firm last on all of this. Well, and Dead Heat's kind of sad, too. I mean, you're right. It, that one is sad. And also, like Dead Heat, there's too many people. Like, yeah. is there, yeah. like, going through the people interested in the diary and nobody's representing themselves and they're talking about people we never meet, like the senator and the judge? I was like, these are too many. And also, mm -hmm. like Dead Heat, what Glennis was saying, we don't know who the killer is because we've never seen them. Yeah, I, I think that's a bit misleading because they show that guy this you've said this about earlier episodes but i at least felt like those people were at least in it for a couple minutes this guy's <laughs> in it for 45 seconds i mean there's no way you would know yeah and he has like three lines <clears throat> it's like overly complicated unnecessary yeah. so like when it and i felt like dead heat was like that when it when it started and the the diary was kind of bopping around and all these characters are popping up it reminded me of like 
a Maltese Falcon like style, mm-hmm. like trying to shoot for that where there's all these characters going after this one thing. But to sum it, I think it should have been a two-parter if it was like that, because the way they mm-hmm. kind of just like wrapped it up real quick at the end and it was very depressing. I just felt like it was like kind of a bummer. Cause there is so many, it there were like plus characters in there. There were just like at least four or five other viable suspects. Like, and I love Karen Black. I feel like they didn't use her enough. I think she's so good. And I agree. Agree. She's literally there for a day. Yeah. Like they show, shoot her at the auction house and we never see that person ever again. Also, she's yeah. in one of my favorite movies called Burnt Offerings with Oliver Reed from the 70s. It's a scary <laughs> movie. And uh, Betty Davis. It's really good. Just quick plug. But no, I... You made us watch that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's about like a possessed house. You know. Typical. I, yeah, I think it's because there's a lot of promise in terms of the fun of it like the idea of being in the auction house and finding the dead body in the armoire and the fact that it's sort of linked to hollywood is quite fun and all of that sort of stuff but it's like the same with the horse racing it's like horse racing should be fun but we're not having any fun here i mean have you know obviously there's great stuff in it like jerry's great and and their rapport is always really fun um how they engage with each other but yeah the rest of it is like i don't know it, there's there's too many people again <laughs> it's, like, it's like every time we get to one of these ones i genuinely am like am i gonna have to write down who everybody is like in terms of their <laughs> relationship to the, each other because i was like i've already kind of forgotten and i didn't realize that sheila saxon was a producer until like halfway through the episode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, right. I thought she was an actress. <laughs> I right. totally like missed that. How many episodes is Jerry Orbach in? Five, I think. Mm-hmm. So he's in five. So I, you know, it's, I'm glad you brought this up. Or oh, six, sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up, Glynis, because this is an important point that I think we haven't mentioned before. I think there's a difference between people that play recurring characters and their number of episodes they are in of mm-hmm. Murder, She Wrote, and those that play disparate characters and the number of episodes they're on. So Ken Howard, for example, is on in five or six, but he always plays somebody different, whereas Jerry Orbach always plays Harry McGraw. So the fact that he's in six just means Harry McGraw is in six. I'm not saying it's not an accomplishment. I'm just saying it's more interesting when they play people because you're like, they're just bringing this person back in. You know, They haven't committed <laughs> to a part for them. Whereas Jerry Orbach, Link obviously, Bowser. they knew. Well, and they tried to have, I've said this before, but they tried to have a spinoff. I think it's called The Law and Harry McGraw, something like that. And it, I don't know if it didn't last. You guys said last time, maybe then he just was offered Law and Order and was like, I'll go with that. I still think that's probably it. But he (laughs) also did a lot of Broadway work too. Mm. So I don't know. Oh yeah, Uh, and he was Lumiere. He was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, weirdly, that was after this. He and yeah. Angela are like BFFs, and they just... Oh, my God, I forgot Angela was um, Mrs. Pot. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's another... Uh, Heard Hatfield... Heard Hatfield's in a bunch of Murder, She Wrote, and they starred together in the picture of Dorian Gray, which I like that she, you know, is constantly giving him work, and I feel like they've been buds since the 40s or whenever that movie came out. Well, in a pair, according to IMDb trivia, again, the bit of them looking at the portrait of Evangeline is meant to, like, remind you of the picture of Dorian. 
they throw in all these Easter eggs for fans. You know what I mean? It's like, it's great. And then they eat it up. And uh, while I was sitting there, I was like, I know that trivia because I read it on IMDb earlier. <laughs> I like these, uh, yeah, these callbacks. It's good. And I think, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. Also, Edward Mulhair, who plays Richard Bennett, who is only in the episode for, I don't know, like one scene and then he's dead. He is in another episode that Megan and I were talking about a couple of days ago called Stage Struck, where he love. also plays a world famous mm-hmm. actor. And I love this <laughs> idea that they brought this guy in. <laughs> because he's like, I was like, Richard Bennett, he's so famous. <laughs> like, oh my God, this like, older guy. I don't know. He's great. It's well, great. And I, in, I really yeah. Like and I just looked him up. It looks like his biggest credit was on, he was on Knight Rider for, I think, the whole run. Right. But mm-hmm. I, I do like it. And that, the stage struck episode, like, we should do that soon. It's so good. That's a great one. Because, um, yeah, he's a big star and he comes back to Cabot Cove <laughs> to hang out with little Jesse McGill or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, so I guess I'm trying to think of where we can. So we've talked about hunk. I let's talk about outfits for a minute because I will say mm. there were a couple of nice ones. There was nothing offensive in this episode. I mean, they did a little dirty by Karen Black with her sort of mad hair, but that was like maybe part of the mm. character. I don't know, but um, yeah, there was just really nice clothes but nothing a lot of neither blouses yeah suits. I, I'd agree with you on that Savannah she's she wears a gray outfit in the very beginning that jumped out at me as something that I really liked well yeah her clothes Karen all Fox. of a sudden uh, no um Jessica. Jessica's meeting with the guy they all of a sudden look pretty good like they've it's like even from the last episode, they seem to have improved a great deal. So I don't know if especially new costume designer. <laughs> like, get out. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sheila had some nice clothes as well. Yeah. I thought her turtleneck trench ensemble when leaving the theater to see Blood Slaughter with <laughs> Jerry Orbach, her most recently produced film. <laughs> I love the winner. One of the things in Murder, She Wrote that I really like and we can talk about is this, and this is a businessy business comment, is like they talk about things like they're current, but I'm sure in the 80s, people aren't calling detectives gumshoes. I'm sure they're not producing movies. It's like, it's all the rage. Like when they're talking about producing a movie about Evangeline's life, you're like, that just sounds like a really upsetting thing. And they're talking about merchandising it. You're like, how are you going to merchandise the story of someone who like they thought sort of had a downward spiral spiral from drug addiction? You're like, that that doesn't feel like a blockbuster hit to me. But they're talking about like, yeah, this is going to be a surefire hit. People can't wait to hear the story of Evangeline and her diary. It's like, okay. I mean, (laughs) yeah, no. Merchandising is where you make the big bucks. I mean, I was yeah, but what are the... they merchandising? I don't know. T-shirts. <laughs> T-shirts. <laughs> Little T-shirts baby with that image on it. Yeah. Baby figure. The red dress ones. Yeah. Her yeah. holding that cape up above her head 
in the portrait. Well, I was listening to the um, <laughs> How Did This Get Made um, podcast about Space Jam, and they said that the movie brought in X amount of million, but the merchandising has brought in like over a billion dollars in revenue. Oh. So if you can get that merch swag. <laughs> Space Jam's about like cartoons that you can make toys out of. This is about like. A- it's like supposed to be like Marilyn Monroe or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. But even a biopic of Marilyn Monroe, people wouldn't be like, get me that doll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, need to have it. <laughs> Mommy, I need it. The name reminded me of in LA, we have Angeline. Mm. I don't know. Are you all familiar with Angeline? I, I yeah. am. Um, yeah. She's just for our listeners who may not know. And, I'm not sure if we can put a photo up or link out to something, but Angeline is an American singer, actress, personality, and model who came to prominence in 84 after the appearance of a series of iconic billboards around Los Angeles. And she still is like around town. She drives the pink Corvette that has Mm -hmm. a vanity. Angeline. There's like random billboards. Anyway. So when I was thinking of this actress that they're talking about, all I'm picturing is Angeline. (laughs) And I'm yeah. like, I mean, I could see the merchandising aspects of it, you know, like she just, was on uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. She had a very short bit. Yeah, she's kind of like a LA local yeah. celeb. Yeah, and she pulled up in her pink Corvette mm-hmm. and was filling up the tank when they uh, robbed the gas station. Anyways, just I like that. has been waiting eight episodes to get <laughs> Earth Girls Are Easy. <laughs> Your favorite Here movie is my talk. You know, has Jeff Goldblum ever been on a murder she wrote? No. No. Because he, he would like, be the biggest hunk by far if he was yeah. on a murder she Well, wrote. I mean, biggest hunk of like all time. Like, <laughs> he, I think he, I mean, he was A-list in the, not that people that weren't A-list wouldn't have been on murder she wrote, but he was like big time. Well, I imagine he might be a little annoying for Jessica to, or Angela Lansbury to work with. I feel like he's he would have been a little annoying. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, he was in like some big movie. He was in The Fly. I mean, oh, Earth Girls are easy. I don't know if it was a hit, but he was in a bunch of movies with Gina Davis. Yeah. That's a, a Myers family favorite is Earth Yeah, Girls it is. Yeah. I just love the opening song. It's so good. Well, then he was in Jurassic Park in 93, so it's like... Yeah, I was thinking more 90s for some reason, but... I remember thinking in Jurassic Park that that wasn't like... But that that was sort of the down, like that he had had this sort of big blockbuster success and then he was in, like, I don't know why I would have thought that because I would have only been a little kid, but yeah, I was really critical of people's success, you know? (laughs) Well, now he does apartment.com commercials. He's reached the pinnacle of his career now. I love him. I do too. He's great. He was great in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, amazing. Oh, so, so good. Anyways, let's not derail as much as I love a Jeff Goldblum derail. Like, I just like Glennis that you've managed to mention a hunk that's not even in the episode. Was he your favorite guest star by any chance? <laughs> yeah, he was, and also who I thought was the murderer. <laughs> You're like, you know who I wish was in this episode was <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm going to change this up a bit and say what I would have rewrote it and who I would have recast. Like, here's my cast. Um, so, yeah, so we've got everybody's favorite guest star, I'm assuming, was Jerry Orbach. Is that yeah. a fair yeah. statement? I do love Karen Black, but she was barely in it. And sadly, this is like her only murder she wrote appearance, which is kind of a bummer. I just feel like they could have used her more. Maybe she didn't want to do more. She was a real Van Johnson about... <laughs> I originally wanted her to be the murderer, and she was like, uh-uh, I'm not having it. I just like Jerry Orbach, like what you were saying earlier about people using phrases and stuff that are completely... Probably weren't used in the 80s, and he calls the one... He calls Sheila Saxton doll face. He's like, listen, doll face. You're like, I don't really think that's how that works but right it's not 1925 and this isn't a james cagney piece or whatever you leave james cagney out of this thank you did you, did you when they say gumshoe don't you always think of these two gumshoes don't sue us disney <laughs> yeah I'm still scared that Lauren Tooze is going to come after me. Well, she was very, she wrote some really angry stuff on, in the Twitter sphere. <laughs> She's like, I don't I know. Actually- <laughs> but she better keep my name out of her mouth. <laughs> I actually really like the lady that plays um, Sheila Saxon. So mm-hmm. back in the day when I had my afternoons, to myself i used to watch a lot of general hospital as well as one life to live and all my children and she was alexis on general hospital for i think like i uh, like decades i think and i always remember really liking that character because she was quite like just fun um and she's pretty good in this she's sort of like feisty although you know she's obviously bad they're all bad they're all bad apart from jessica even harry i mean in the episode he drugs Jessica. He threatens to hit a woman. You're just like, what's happening? Is that good? Yeah. And he did a copy of the like stolen property. Yeah, he tries to steal the diary like multiple times. And it's, yeah, it's not great. But then you're like, oh, Harry, you silly monkey. (laughs) Just for the record, she's Still on General Hospital. She's been in 1,624 episodes. Who is this? Uh, Sheila Saxon, the producer. Oh, I feel like she was, oh my God, who is the guy? I used to watch General Hospital too. Cacodyne? Yes. (laughs) He stacked up with someone on on someone's private island. Yeah, I used to watch General Hospital too. What was his name? (laughs) Stefan Cassidyne, is that right? Sunny, it's Sunny. Sunny. No, Sunny. Oh, no, but she shacked up with Sunny on his like cave island. <laughs> oh, his head is exploding. <laughs> yeah, I know none of these. Such good too. seasons. <laughs> that I was mean, like a real awesome season, though. I know that. you know what's weird she actually is in one other murder she wrote which is the first appearance of harry mcgraw oh that is weird yeah i didn't realize that i i vaguely remember that episode but 
I don't really remember her being in it. Anyhow, that's neither here nor there. And also, uh, MS Dub favorite Barbara Babcock is in that one. I love a Barbara. Oh yeah, I love, she's yeah, in Bar- loads. A Barbara Babcock murder she wrote is like the pinnacle. Chef's kiss. <laughs> to me, Barbara Babcock and clip-on earrings are like synonymous oh. in my head. I love a missing clip-on earring. I was watching one last night. Some woman lost her clip-on earring. There was also thunder, fake poisoning, and a secret passage. Whoa! For a murder she wrote. Yeah, I don't think I could ask for anything better. Because tonight's, I mean, today's were all stabbings, correct? Yeah. Okay, this is what I was going to ask. How did Richard Bennett die? Because do they even say he's just a dead body in the armoire? But yeah. I thought he had a... um bloody spot so maybe he was shot oh i don't know because he never they never say i just assumed they it well, was they never say with evangeline either no it's like why bother pointing out how they died just like did somebody did it <laughs> who knows <laughs> opportunity for a two-parter well yeah. there felt like there was enough characters and maybe they were interesting enough and i mean i wish they hadn't have made harry so kind of ski like skeezy and skeezy right away because normally i feel like the thing with harry is he sort of like innocently blunders into these kind of weird situations so the whole point is jessica has to bail him out because he's um you know sort of finds himself on the wrong side of the mob or on the wrong side of whatever but it never feels like do you remember the one where he's got um where he's like managing the boxer Mm-hmm. do you remember that one yes, and it's like he yes. needs jessica to help him and it's all none of it's really his fault it's just he happens mm-hmm. to be in sort of the wrong place at the wrong time and this one it was like he's so devious and going behind her back like almost the whole time even though initially he's trying to help her out so i don't know i just felt like it wasn't it wasn't the jerry orbach slash harry mcgraw i know and love but <laughs> i agree i agree it's a little um, more cutthroat we just he like he's looking out for himself so much like it's you know i don't know it feels like a real uh michael haggerty move not a harry mcgraw move yeah it's Mm. like he really watches out for himself and jessica and this time he's yeah mickey he's flipping mickey he drugged her he drugged her tea why are people why are people can i ask a question so yeah the the cop was like super anti Jessica and was like oh my god she did it like no questions asked blah, blah, blah. at what point did he just like kind of like throw that all away and was like oh I need you on my side like I just felt like it, it was like all of a sudden he was like trying to arrest her and then the next moment he was like come on Jess yeah uh, that was a quick turnaround he wasn't a very interesting um character either although the actor was fine it was Even just when he caught her with the diary above the auctioneer's dead body i thought he was gonna be like see you've done it but then they had like a calm conversation and we're like he's like oh okay like you have the diary i don't know it, it just it felt like very uh abrupt yeah well okay a bit did maybe get clipped in the episode recording it looked like maybe there was a little bit of static <laughs> so i don't know if maybe there was like a crucial little dialogue that got missed out but no i agree like he wasn't he he didn't even really have a quirk except that he sort of was a bit sassy but they all are and he doesn't like harry mcgraw which no police officer does 
that's the whole thing. He's always running afoul of the police. Did you guys think that he, the lieutenant, looked kind of like the dad in um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the, the spoiled girl's dad? Yeah, but he also looked like George DeZunda, the guy who originally plays an original Law and Order detective. But he's, but it's not him. It's not him, but it was okay. weird that it was like Jerry Orbach and then a guy who like looked like was going, I mean, is going to be his detective on Law and Order for a few seasons. I've looked him up, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree as well. Um, so yeah, so the cop was... Fine. He was hardly in it. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't that well, it important. It felt like they were building up to this real dynamic back and forth between the two of them, and then it just stopped, which is fine. Um, well, they had that a bit with um, with the last one these two wrote with Dead Heat, where she did have a bit of like that was probably the best part of the episode was the rapport with the cop. Whereas this one, they're like, I don't know, he's just there, and we'll just get him out of the way, <laughs> get Harry McGraw in. Um, Glynis, do you want to talk about your guess while we're sort of going through oh, this? Yeah. So, I mean, I just kind of picked a name earlier. I mean, there's no way I was going to guess the right person, but it was, uh, my guess was Dr. Sylvia Dunn, only because she was also trying to steal the diary. And then mm. I worried that maybe. Uh, Mr. Bennett got caught in the crossfire, but it seemed like she was just trying to make sure that her name was um, protected. Uh, and I didn't really think it was her, and she was only in it for like two seconds. I mean, was she only in one scene? She was, but an interesting thing about Dr. Dunn is that Jessica flippin' hates her because <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't acknowledge Jessica's greatness in the scene where they meet. She mm. says, oh, hello. And Jessica shoots her a look like, you're dead to me, okay? <laughs> and so, yeah, that probably is enough to indict her in Jessica's eyes. Yeah. But, so it's not a bad guess. And certainly because you think she's going to show up later because Karen Black's probably the most famous person in the episode, but. Well, plus, it's like they barely show the guy that is actually the killer. So it's like, I mean, okay, so let's talk about Al. That guy, okay, the only reason you think maybe this person's going to appear later is that actor is hemming it up like you wouldn't believe in the little <laughs> tiny scene he's in in the auction house where she she's like, <laughs> do you remember the scene in Pet Cemetery where, um, oh, what's Mr. Munster's real name? Fred Gwynn. Oh, is, I think amazing in Pet Cemetery. so Fred No, 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 uh, but you know the bit where he's like, you don't want to go up that road. Like you keep sort of like harping on. It's like, that's the level of commitment that this guy's making to the library. He's like, that armor is not for sale. It's not for sale. Yeah, it isn't true. for sale. And you're like, oh, not okay. today. Like he's, yeah, not today. And you're like, okay. And then the next sequence, he's in front of like the little urn or something. Just like, boop, 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 putting the tag on, taking the tag off. <laughs> I know it is. I mean, he at least committed to the role. <laughs> yeah, well, because it makes your eyes sort of draw. Really, if he had put a a dead body in there, he would have locked it so that, like, it wouldn't have just been like these two dudes opening the doors and then a body falling out. And surely he would have like 
made it a bit harder to get into the armoire than just like, oh, let's open it. Oh, dead body. He didn't. It was blue tagged, Glennis. He didn't think right. it was. I mean, that just seems like if the body, like, if, like, gravity brought it down, like, a little bit and it wiggled, it would have fallen down. Right. Wow. And if- that guy, that actor's last credit, he has since passed. Um, but he, his last credit was in 1987 as a lab assistant in Inner Space, which was another, like, fave. Oh, that's kind of cool. Well, he's sort of sad in this. And also, you're right, Glennis, because when you when the auctioneer says you can inspect the armoire, the two guys that run over to it start pawing at that thing, like, so vigorously. And you're like, are people allowed to touch the items? Like, so he right. should have known they were going to open the door. Because it's like, if this is a daily occurrence of that auction house, <laughs> people are just allowed to kind of, basically like get all over the pieces then he should have known he really should have um he's yeah he's i was megan's brought up a good point and it's, i don't know if i should say this but this episode is what we might call an in memoriam episode because almost every single actor of the main cast are deceased really? apart from the guy that played robert ryan and Sheila Saxon and the secretary, Saul Domino's secretary. Oh, you're right. Everybody else has passed away. Um, oh. So that's kind of a bummer. But uh, Robert Ryan, who played, who, uh, sorry, Connor Smith, who played Robert Ryan, has recently been on the entire series of Mindhunter. I didn't watch it. Megan oh, has watched he, it, but he, I've watched it. Who does he play? Uh, Unit Chief Shepherd. Does that sound familiar, Ashley? Yeah, he's the boss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, he's aged into a very handsome guy. Yeah, he is. There's some, there's some hunks on Mindhunter. Oh, the partner is so handsome. I hate <laughs> the main so guy. Hate the main guy. So annoying. Well, I figured you did, so I wasn't going to bring that up. Yeah, he's awful. But I am. That's neither here nor there. We've lost all our Mindhunter fans. No, no, but I like (laughs) Well, she's she's anti-Jonathan Groff, so yes, we have. Not as an actor, but that character is really annoying. It feels like an actor at this point. (laughs) Okay, so we've got... Okay, should we just go through the list of episode beats really quickly? Because we don't have some of the stuff, but we do have some. Yeah, I think we don't have quite a bit. So we know thunder, secret doors. We've got the armoire. It's not a secret, but we didn't know the dead body was in there. Um, poisoning or bludgeoning, who knows? One person got stabbed. We don't know how the other two people died, <laughs> but it's a triple murder, and that's mad. Um, phone wire cut, no. She shaking, no. Harry McGraw threatens no. to hit a woman, but we don't actually have any yeah, shaking. put his hands on her. He says, he says, he doesn't really say, he's just like saying it to be whatever. Uh, I mean, it's um, not a great statement. Well, the thing that's funny is that she, obviously she hit him because then he comes, because in the whole episode, he has a black eye. Does he always have a black eye in all the episodes? I feel like in the first one, he did. I don't know if they keep doing that later on. That did make me laugh when he said, it's not a black eye, it's just some kind of allergy. <laughs> talking about <laughs> I did think that was kind of funny. Um, so you're probably thinking, how the hell is she going to find a window peep in this one? And the answer is the diary peep <laughs> from Karen Black. 
peeping into that diary. It's a bit of a stretch, but I'll, I'll allow it. Thank I mean, you. if we're going to do that, I think the poisoning is Harry McGraw slipping Jessica the Mickey. <gasps> oh, Ashley. yeah. That's a good call. Right. I, don't, I don't like to say it, but... A Mickey. Oh, God. Um, yes, Mickey. <laughs> she's not even mad. She's no. just like, oh, Harry, God, what do you like? Harry's being kooky. <laughs> um, fake name or ID, Bert was Al. Yeah. Al Bert. Um, cop but, chemistry. I mean, it said no. it on his name tag. It said Albert. <laughs> but you ha- you'd have to be, you know, really, really, really looking for that. I mean, the only, I don't know. Um, Businessy business auction house. Yeah. And I guess yeah. showbiz, but we don't really get to know showbiz. either of them very well. Um, age ain't nothing but a number. I mean, Richard Bennett, 63. How yeah. old do we think Evangeline was? Because how long has she been dead? I don't know. But they were just friends at the end. Well, I mean, if Albert's her ex boyfriend, like, presumably they were probably around the same age. Oh, yeah. How old's that guy? He's like 41. And Richard Bennett's 63. So eh, 20 years, maybe. I don't know. Um, smooches, no. Familial ties, no. No, I don't even think we got an eye closed head shake. Just sort of a look of shock. So in the beginning, there wasn't an eye closed head shake at the end. Um, but there was a dramatic use of Jessica's glasses for <laughs> about three times in shock or in surprise or in disbelief so i i know that's not the closed eye head shake but it did feel like a non-verbal cue of expressing some sort Mm -hmm. of surprise i thought that you're right that was when she whipped those glasses off when she was like what and she whips them off i was like why don't i know how to do that (laughs) It was so good. They get caught in my hair, and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to practice. Wait, how are you? Like? <laughs> <laughs> or you do the old man where you just put them up on your forehead. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She couldn't believe it, what Richard Bennett was telling her. I Those mean, glasses shocking. flew off her shocked. face. Yeah, and then she put them back on and flew them off again. I think she did it twice. <laughs> they must be, like, ex- expandable yeah yeah or she's just a pro yeah yeah <laughs> angela knows how to knows work how to with wheel those glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so we got those should we go into some burns yeah. i actually don't think i had any from jessica i think there was were a lot of hairy yeah mostly ha- hairy i thought so what were some of your favorites I mean, listen up, doll face or whatever. He- <laughs> yeah, the doll face one was my favorite. He has that whole like montage against Sheila Saxon. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I like when he says "think it over" mouthpiece. <laughs> 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 that was that made me smile. And yeah, some burns to the cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remind me never to get murdered in Boston. Yes, that was mm-hmm. one of them. And the guy gets so many. He says he's got baked beans for brains. <laughs> <laughs> get it Boston baked beans how dumb though when he's talking to his, his secretary slash mistress he tells her to get lost and I was like okay yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. He says he was only an actor when she's like sobbing over the fact that the guy died. And it's like, he's not wrong. <laughs> she doesn't know it. Was Jessica sassy when Harry got his eye repunched? Did she say, oh, it looks like it's getting better? And it like clearly like he had gotten punched again. She said something. I think he, she said, I thought it was getting better. Oh, I, thought, oh, yeah. I, I yeah. thought it was getting better. And he's like, well, she knows he's been punched in the face. I like, mean, that's again. like the joke. Yeah. 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 I mean, speaking of Jessica, there's a lot of character work here. You're right. The glasses, numero uno. When, the look on her face when she realizes everybody thinks that she's guilty of murder. We've seen that a few times in various episodes where she's like, what, me? <laughs> I'm a mystery writer. Yeah. I know about murder. I don't commit it. Um, her lugging that chest board around. Huge <laughs> <laughs> scene. Did make me laugh because I was like, I guess we're supposed to remember that she's got it. She's just like walking around with this giant box Wait, over her shoulder. Because it was for Seth, time. right? No, she said a friend in Cabot. Cove, but the episode I saw last night, they have a heated game of chess. Oh, yeah. right. So I okay. coincidentally knew that she and Dr. Seth Hazlitt play chess. Yeah, uh, no offense to share famous Tupper, but it doesn't strike me as a chess player. More of a checkers. Yeah. If yeah. <laughs> <laughs> burn, I know. Yeah. My favorite show. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Bosley's relatives are going to come for you real bad. Ooh. <laughs> Jessica's really into that diary. <laughs> that sexy, sexy diary. She's like, I'm just going to read it a couple more times. It's like, Jessica, you're a perv. <laughs> Congratulations. It's too saucy. Yeah. It was really saucy, even though when you looked at the writing, you're like, how is anyone going to read that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like when I was in second grade, I wanted to curse, like write cursive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a, well, it was just a small diary presumably holding so much well like all of her tales of her I mean, the many men she That's was sleeping okay. with i guess couldn't have been that many <laughs> i don't want to buy a pig in a poke that's what Bennett says. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> he sort of explains it, but I was like, are we supposed to know? Like, is that like a really... <laughs> what does that mean? He said he didn't want to buy like a dud, but it was like a pig in a poke. It sounds sexual. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> like, a, like, like a dead pig? <laughs> I want to buy a dead pig? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I prefer a dead pig. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm obviously not a vegetarian. Sorry, vegans, but like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what does it sound like? You're right. It sounds like some sort of, oh, I don't know. Like, the it was like, that's what I thought of, like a pig in jail. Like, I'm getting really <laughs> confused. <laughs> <laughs> he said it, and I was like, and she's like nodding, like, I get you. Like, she's her glasses off already. She's like, I get you, Richard. I know what you are talking about. I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, I like when Harry says, I would have told you before, but you have too many scruples. I like <laughs> Jessica. that. And I was like, I did. That was, that did make me laugh. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think if there, I did, that was my last line. But yeah, there were a couple of, I mean, when she goes to re meet Richard Bennett, he says he's got a plane in 20 minutes. I was like, you're going to have to get real sweaty running for that flight. Okay, <laughs> buddy. Maybe it was private. Maybe he's flying private because he's such a big yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a huge star. But honestly, the number of times, like, I've had to sprint across airport terminals to make flights, and 20 minutes is not nearly enough. 
No. no shut the doors I, on you. I had to run through JFK one time and I got on the plane and I was so sweaty and my hair was going crazy and the guy that I was sitting next to was just looking at me like, yikes. <laughs> He's like, oh no. He's like, great. What? She's sitting next to me. This is terrific. <laughs> one time I ran through an airport and my backpack unzipped while I was running. Oh, <laughs> so someone no. was just running behind me picking up something. No, that's so Ma'am, ma'am. So sad. I get nervous tummy when I'm late too. Like it yeah. would I wouldn't have made it. It would have been bad. Yeah. Oh God. I get to the airport. I feel immediately nauseous. I'm like I'm already late. I, uh, my flight is. <laughs> They're gonna change the terminal at the last minute. I just know. <laughs> but you're right. Maybe he's flying private. It was a very fancy lounge that yeah. he was in. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go on, Megan. Oh no, just wondering like what where you guys thought this like ranked for you like a four or five oh overall ranking yeah oh stony silence so low (laughs) honestly it's just kind of it's like if jerry orbach wasn't in it it would be the world's most boring episode truly 100 percent yeah and he's in it and it makes it more interesting but it's like because you kind of you don't really care about the people because first of all god this is so mean but like when you meet richard bennett and then you see the picture of evangeline you're like that guy's a straight perv and it's like oh so he's wanting to like get rid of the diary and it's like do you know what i mean it's like so we're meant to be friends with that guy and then he dies and you're like okay well okay and Hmm. it's just i don't know it feels like everybody's just there's nobody to root for there's nobody like except for jerry orbach and I guess the young doctor who's doing his cast. <laughs> um, yeah, so low for me. I don't, sorry, I didn't mean to take over that. And call I agree with Luna saying like a four, maybe maybe a five for me. Like I would watch it for the Harry McGraw scenes. But other than that, I just. Mm. Yeah. I thought I remember liking the bit where the body fell out of the arm more and more. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's it. But even that, I was like, yeah, because they didn't say how he died. I was just like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think there's there's better overall episodes where, sorry for the callousness, but where bodies fall out of things. <laughs> like there's a better episode where a body falls out of something. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Yeah, low for you, Megan. What do would if you were to give it a number, what would you say? I'd say three. Yeah, I mean four or five sounds good. Oh, I don't want to go below five for a murder show, so I'll say five, but I don't like you Okay. Well then what's the point of having the full range? We're we're on on the murder she wrote scale. So like if if you said sound of murder was a nine and dead heat was a negative twenty-five, this isn't as bad as that. No. Surely. I it's sad. It's kind of like a creepy ending, and like this guy's—that's a scary guy, and you know, so scary. Like, yeah, that bit was, and like also the background music is like sort of sexy. Like this is kind of a noiry, like blah blah blah, like sexy tale of sexy people. I'm like, who's sexy in this episode? Music, like this is not scored correctly. And then when they get to the Harry McGraw stuff, it's always like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> they needed the guys from that wrote, uh, the guy that wrote Menace Anyone for the musical scoring. <laughs> I mean, 
Or Mirabilis. Oh, you're right. Mirabilis. Yeah. Or the, the, um, <laughs> was it Little Dreamer? Oh, oh Beautiful God. Dreamer. That I mean, they was... They should have played Beautiful Dreamer. <laughs> that was... That's the gold standard. Let's be honest. Like, that episode really set the bar high for the musical scoring. Yeah. All right, maybe Susanna, we should do like your finale thing. And oh, then we'll okay. Well, really another. quick, we we've just got uh, we've got favorite moments. Does anybody have a favorite moment that they had in this one? Oh God, <laughs> I mean that is this is like <laughs> I feel like we're panning this episode so hard. It's like it's not that. It's- Fine. It's Can, disappointing. I guess when Harry Orbach shows up and he's yeah. like, "Who is that?" and they're like, "Oh, Miss Fletcher," and he's like, "Jessica." Yeah, that was great. As though he didn't recognize her from the full light on her face. He's like, "Who?" <laughs> did have a black. Oh, you're right, Ashley. Sorry, yeah. I had a favorite would-be moment. So at the end, when he says. Oh, no, sorry, it's not the end. They're walking out of a room together, and he's got his hand around her shoulders, and she's got her hand around um, his waist. And they're, like, laughing because they're just great friends. And I thought she was going to pinch his bum. And I just thought, you know what? I would have liked this episode about 100% more if she'd just given him a little goose on the way out the door. Just a little goose, a little friendly goose. (laughs) Not their relationship, although I feel like... Like, at some point, they've hooked up. See, I think she wouldn't. Listen, she's got Leslie Nielsen in, like, every episode, like, yeah. on the side. Wow. She And the guy from the good. very first episode's pretty cute. She, Wait, well, not the Jerry Orbach murder she wrote? He's been in yes. two. Yeah, she's at least two. on her, her juicy squashes. Yeah. <laughs> there, no, Glynis, this isn't even, like, you wouldn't even have to do fan fiction. It's just straight up. He plays her ex-boyfriend from school, yes, the one she dated good. before Frank. And he is, like, all over her like a rash. He just shows up. He's, like, the captain of a ship, like a goal. They're looking for treasure or something. (laughs) But he's also the captain of a ship in the one with her niece, where her niece has the psychotic episode. And in that one, they, like, go for dinner afterwards. And he's, like, Mm -hmm. ooh, I've never been asked out. Or something, I can't but it's well and then let's not forget you can edit this out but that early one the one from season one where that young guy is like in love with her and it's so but he's he's a creeper he's so creepy yes sorry so that was my favorite moment except it wasn't because guess what it wasn't in the episode (laughs) right it's just in your head (laughs) yeah she could do better than harry mcgraw because he's a hot mess but not looks wise whoa 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 he's sort of a hot mess and she's not, she doesn't, listen, Jessica doesn't want to take that on board. She's barely dealing with the hot messes in her life, like Grady. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, I, okay, I guess you're right. Okay. Sorry. No, I feel like, like I take it back. She could change him. She could reform him. Oh, Megan. I feel like we should add that boat episode because we did talk about it in our first episode. Oh, the, the one with the niece? Yeah. Vicky out. Lawrence is in it. And Leslie Nielsen? Yep. Yeah. I mean, this, this needs to skyrocket to the top. <laughs> All right, Glennie needs to go to bed. Yeah. All right. Is anything else anybody wants to add before I close out? All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, and we hope that you'll join us again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
I know you're telling me with your eyes and I'm not listening. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 